Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Made it just in time. Traffic was terrible on the five. Now, I sound like such a California five, um, but uh, up here in Washington, it runs the whole Pacific coast, right? But uh, welcome in, guys. It is Tuesday evening, and that means it's time for another episode of Building the Broncos. And I'm Nick Kendall, joined by, as always, Carl Dummler over here. Yeah. How you doing, Carl? I'm good, man. I'm doing real good. Um, got an early start today and got a workout in, got a second workout in. So I've just, mm. I, I realize now, why people who are single can actually get into shape because you got time on mm-hmm. your hands. So then you can go to the gym and uh, nothing against those who do that. But, uh, when <laughs> I, like I know when, yeah, I know. But, uh, I know when I get my three kids home, maybe these two a day workouts is probably not going to happen. So got to take advantage while I can. And, and, uh, yeah, it's always good to get to come in here, talk some Broncos, let off some steam of sure. maybe mm-hmm. not a, a great weekend for everybody, but you know, Hey, mm-hmm. we're, we're here to have a good time guys. And uh, I hope you guys are here for that, too. I know everybody's a little little fired up, but I think we can still have a good time here today. Have a good time. Wins, loss, right? It's football. This is an outlet. And uh, if you're not having fun doing it, then what are we doing here? Uh, Max Powers with the two pounds coming in saying thoughts on Doug Peterson for the next head coach. And obviously, you guys know Doug Peterson worked under Andy Reid for a while, was a high, high school coach then for a bit in Louisiana. I don't remember exactly how he jumped up from Louisiana high school football to the Eagles, but uh, the former head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, a very much a cantankerous situation there. I love that word, cantankerous, um, in Philly. Uh, and uh, between him, Howie Roseman, and Carson Wentz, who knows exactly what went down there. But Peterson's been a pretty good coach, a Super Bowl winning head coach, an offensive mind as well that has had one. I think probably the best testament to him is that he had two completely different offenses for what Nick Foles does and did well and what Carson Wentz does and did well. So uh, thoughts on Doug Peterson, Carl? Well, I, I questioned a little bit once Frank Reich left for the Colts, mm-hmm. how much like you saw the offense kind of start to nosedive after that. Now, yeah. some of that I do think was injuries. I mean, they lost most of their offensive line after that. And they've, I don't know, they, they've had worse luck with their offensive line than probably any other team when it comes to injuries. Carson Wentz was banged up in and out of the lineup, but he just, Wentz never looked the same. And now that he's with the Colts, he's kind of had a little bit of a, a bounce back. So I, I just question a little bit of what Doug Peterson brings to the table. But like you said, it's just tough to know who was at fault. When, when yeah. chaos happens like that and you see a team go from Super Bowl champ to like blowing the whole thing up within a couple years. I, I don't know. I, I just I, I would be a little nervous to go that direction with him. Yeah, I mean, to his credit and to your last point, uh, how often is that not the case unless you have a Hall of Fame, you know, quarterback? Right. Like it's getting blown up from the Broncos. You could say the same thing. You know, Peyton Manning rides off the Sunday. He wasn't very good. But 2015, you know, we fell off the wagon quick uh, as far as becoming pretty good. So Peterson, I think there is a little bit of stability and offensive innovation there. I agree with you, though. I mean, I was I don't know who was on the boat, the this boat first. We can share it. Uh, but uh, we were both big Frank Reich fans, loved mm-hmm. Frank Reich and was hoping that maybe he'd be somebody in the Broncos, uh, that coaching search. Uh, they ended up going with Vance Joseph. Uh, but you know, here we are. Um, so I think I have my years right there either way. Um, yeah. you know, I, if they brought in Doug Peterson, that'd be fine. My question to the, the questioner there who was, uh, the, the scrolling up here, max power, of course, thank you so much for the two pounds. Um, why would Doug Peterson pick Denver? Cause Doug Peterson's the only guy that on the market that's has a ring. Um, and I think he's going to have his choice of where he wants to go. Why would he pick Denver over these other situations that, might have better quarterback options and also wouldn't be in a division where you have three franchise quarterbacks. Right. Um, now I will say a guy, I, I didn't realize this Todd Bowles has three Super Bowl rings. One as a player, one as an executive and one as a coach. 
I, you don't have to convince me on Todd Bowles, man. You know I'm <laughs> know, a big Todd Bowles fan. It's true. But I'm just saying, like, he's done it at all the different levels there mm-hmm. and understands both players and what it takes as a coach. Uh, that That's probably the guy that's at the top of my list right now. Mm-hmm. Again, like you said, what's the a- attraction to the Broncos right now? Th- th- there's just not a lot there. I mean, there, there's some of, young talent. Cap capital, uh, cap space, young talent. Yeah, it's and, and it does owner. sound like... A lot of people like George Payton. He is well-respected yes. around the league. And so yes. I do think some coaches would like to work with him. Uh, but I agree. We'll, we'll see. And that kind of brings us to Michaela's question. Thank you for the, the 1999 super chat here, Michaela. And, yeah, and like I said, I, I know everybody is frustrated because that was embarrassing this last weekend. But uh, she says, hi, fellas. Just wanted to support hashtag fire Fangio with the thumbs up. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Uh, yeah. Uh, the odds of him keeping his job right now are about slim to none. Like I, I even question if they make the playoffs, whether he would keep his job just because there's a lot of division in the locker room. You got a lot of superstars that have called him out that we know behind the scenes they've had some cussing matches between coaches and, and players. And just seems like there's a huge divide that's going on there. And so, like I said, I, I even question if they make the playoffs, whether he'd have a job. Yeah, we'll see. Um, obviously there's seven games to go this season. A lot can happen. And I think that not to get too data nerdy out of just right out of the gate, but this season has been such a high variant season that we need to be looking at the trend lines. I think um, you, so Broncos, obviously not as good as they were versus the Cowboys. I don't think they're as bad as they were versus the Eagles right there in the middle. And uh, hopefully yeah. over the season, that's showing the Broncos to be right now what they are a five and five team. You know, maybe they luck one out. Maybe they come back and beat the Steelers or beat the Browns. Maybe they drop that one versus Washington football team. I don't know, but they're, they're probably right with their record is right. That's right where they are. And with seven games to go, uh, I would say greatly much so that the offensive line and the run game is starting to come together. It's the quarterback is who he is. I mean, he's probably honestly, he's probably played right about expectations if not slightly above for anybody who has realistic expectations for what Teddy is Um, not a franchise quarterback, but uh, you know, a 12th to 22nd quarterback in the league. That's right where he is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think this is uh, it's really comes down to the defense. Defense has got to be better. Um, they've been their bottom 10 in DVOA. Hey, the new DVOA rankings came out today. Broncos ranked uh, 24th in the entire NFL defensively. Jeez. Not good enough. Not good enough. Uh, Travis Tarbuck's coming in here saying evening, fellas. I caught Broncos for breakfast earlier. That's my guy. Uh, these shows are great. Denver Broncos for life. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Also, uh, Travis, we appreciate you. Yeah, um, and sure. we should probably get to the uh, the intro as well because <laughs> we haven't done that yet. Um, but guys, of course, this is Building the Broncos. We are here at 6 p.m. Mountain Time every Tuesday night. Uh, that way you guys can come talk football, hang out with Carl and I, Carl and myself. Uh, you guys can also hang out with us after the show's over, before the show's over, uh, on Twitter. Following us, Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. And there goes Carl with his a gallon challenge going on right there. Uh, make sure you guys, we need some hashtag drink your water Carl going on in the chat. Uh, make sure you're following us at BTB football pod and at mile high huddle. If you guys are on Facebook, make sure you're joining us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share. So uh, let's, let's keep into it. Let's say hello to the chat. We got a bunch of people in here. We got Lori. Oh, I love Lori. Lori is a Lori. Shout out to Lori. Awesome person. Um, good to see you. Hey Nick, I'm back again. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, Lori. Hope you're doing well. Sorry that this uh, Broncos team has been frustrating, but uh 
you know, we've had we've had some good years. Lori is uh, in another Facebook group with like Travis Weber and us. That's a, kind of a small group. So shouts out to her. Gary leads Palmer. Hey, guys, is there anyone available to replace Vic? Uh, Carl, what do you think? Anybody available? Well, I mean, Mike Munchak was a head coach at one point. And honestly, I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap. His Titans never had a quarterback and he still had them pretty competitive most most years. And uh, so and I think a lot of players would respect him. Wouldn't surprise me to see if if Vic did get fired, that that would be the guy that get the bump up. Uh, yeah. Got Pat Shermer, of course. I know a lot of people would be like, "Oh my gosh, why'd you just say that name?" But again, he's got head coach experience. You could see him getting the nod as well. I mean, nobody's coming in that's saving this season. It is kind of what it is. You might get a little bit of a bump if there is a new coach and some players maybe relax a little bit or just feel a little bit better about where things are at because they haven't liked Vic Fangio, whatever it may be, but just right now, this team, it's hard to see them being, like I said, anything but a 500 team. Yeah. Hard for them to be 500 in a 17 game season, but Hey, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can tie the lines just like the Steelers did and we can finish eight, eight and one, right? That would be, that would be glorious. <laughs> a lot of fun just for the lulls. Uh, but as far as replacing Vic, we kind of in a smaller scale, but probably the same result saw what would happen if you replace Vic with what happened with replacing Shermer this week, right? It's pretty much the system is the system. The the scheme is the scheme. The team is the team. And uh, replacing Vic midseason for somebody probably isn't going to do very much as far as pushing them up or pushing them down. If anything, the instability probably accelerates them uh, to the basement. Uh, but if you're looking for real change and turnover, it's going to happen in the offseason. And I would say that's probably more likely at this point than uh, unlikely. But we still got seven games and the Broncos are half a game out in the AFC West. So a lot of football left to be played. I'm going to choose to be optimistic there because the games have not been written just yet. Yeah, for sure. But we got Miguel, Miguel coming in here saying, sup fellas. Do you think this is Kyle's last year in San Fran? If so, can you see him in Denver? Well, I depends, I guess of who, who the next head coach would be. I don't see him being the next head coach. He'd be brought yeah. in as an offensive coordinator, not a head coach. Somebody's going to hire him as a head coach. Some, some Kyle Shanahan, yeah, with his scheme. Somebody, there's no way somebody's going to hire. He's been to. He's another guy who's been to a Super Bowl, and his scheme is instant offensive success. I understand that there's some issues there with the front office and the amount of power that he wants, and where everything falls on there. There's Kyle Shanahan will get another head coaching gig. I, I have no doubt about that. It's not like he lost institutional control. That's true. I, I just don't know if it'd be right off the bat, maybe yeah. a year where he goes and proves, Hey, my system still works. I'm doing great. Boom. Right back at the head coaching spot. But you're right. It's, yeah. I, I don't know how much I would want him to have much power when it comes to roster building and Amen. things like that. Like just tell him, Hey, you coach, that's it. And it's kind of like Mike Shanahan when he was coach, he was great. Mike Shanahan, the GM terrible. <laughs> Yeah. And and just I, I never liked that dual role. There's been very few coaches that have ever made that work well. I mean, that's two full time jobs. And we're talking like NFL full time, which is during the season, 100 hours a week of work. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. there's just not enough hours to make both those jobs do well. And also they're they're very much in contrast of each other where the coach needs to win and get everything together today you know, for now. And the general manager needs to be thinking about holistically the franchise and the resources and how they're set up for years down the line. Right. So there's, you need to have, I think almost a, you know, what is it? Set checks and balances, so to speak with the front mm -hmm. office and the coaches. And when you have overlap there, it can create some issues with you. I mean, you see it with John Gruden all the time, right? Just chasing, chasing, chasing the immediate and uh, it hasn't worked out for them. For sure. And all right, we got Andrew Baker coming in here saying, what up, Nick, Carl, and my brethren, was just listening to the Broncos for breakfast. Gonna have to finish it after this now. Hashtag MHH for yeah. life with a little bit of a little yeah. bit of muscle going on uh, and Ooh. some sunglasses. Appreciate that, Andrew, and appreciate the stars. And uh, yeah, make sure you uh, tune in for bre uh, Broncos for breakfast uh, with Nick and Scott. Those guys do a great job. Always enjoy listening to you guys there in the morning. Kind of gets me going. Get my my cup of coffee. Tune into you guys, and it's just a it's a perfect way to start the day. You guys do a good job, yeah. so I appreciate that. 
Yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. Um, if you are, if that muscle there is reflective of anything, uh, maybe you should make a call to uh, Dove Valley, see if you, they could use it in the front seven because they're just, they need some linebacker help. My God. Um, Jeff Noyes coming in saying, first super chat. God bless you, Jeff. We love you. Uh, just to say hi, man, Jeff, we appreciate the good vibes and yeah. uh, positivity and support there. I know that, you know, we're very much, it's a week-to-week league right now, and right now we're on the, the valley of coming off of an ugly loss. We'll be riding the high again probably after whipping the Chargers. I don't know. who did this. That's the season. Um, but either way, appreciate the positivity and appreciate you swinging by to say hello. For sure. Thank you, Jeff. Always to, good to see the first first time in. Uh, yeah. Tune in for the for this show. or I, I, I think I've seen you in the comments before, but for that first mm-hmm. Super Chat, we really do appreciate that. Totally. We got another one coming in. Oh, we got Travis with the stars. Uh, good evening, Nick and Carl on Broncos country. As much as I want Vic gone, I don't see it happening until after the season, but for the life of me, I wish he could pull his head out of his rear end and play locker, even ripping Teddy has ran out of excuses and no one is believing Vic's lies, but himself. Ooh, this is spicy. Uh, what do you, what do you think, Carl? Well, I, I agree. I, at this point, most likely the season's lost. You, you might five as well. Five. With a half game. I, I, out. Know, I mean, I know it's it the just, AFC it, West is bad or not bad, but they're, they're all stuck in the middle. It's true. I, I just, I, I, it's hard for me to see that there's going to be a great future moving forward in this season. Like I said, I think they can get to eight and nine or nine and eight, but I don't think that's going to be good enough to make the playoffs at this point. They've lost yeah. a lot of tiebreakers against teams that they, they needed to beat. And yeah. so that, that's just kind of where they're at. Unfortunately, their best wins are against NFC teams. Well, those are the worst wins to have when it comes to end of season setup. Um, but, but you're right. To that I, point, I, five of your six divisional games are five of your seven remaining games. So, like, what you want to accomplish this season is still directly in front of you, which is crazy is. considering it is. how up and down this is. But like, there's no reason to totally back out yet, right? Yeah, and I think I, that's the, that's the main thing with sticking with Teddy here. Playing Drew Locke would be an admission that this season is over for Vic Fangio, for the coaching staff, for that locker room, for my understanding as well, right? Playing Drew Locke is like, okay, see ya, we'll see you next year. Um, but you're five and five true. and a half game back. Uh, and I think that, you know, we, myself included, very reactionary to the moment, the week by week. But when you step back and look at the trend and where you sit, you're actually, it's not a great spot. There's no yeah. doubt. It's not, not a great spot, but you're not, you're, you're so far from out of it. You're, you're right yeah. there in the thick of things. I'd agree. And, and there is some promising things after the buy. You're maybe going to get yeah. Bradley Chubb back. You're going to get Garrett Bowles. You're going to get uh, yeah. Messi on the other side. You're, you're, you're getting your offensive line back, which is yeah. huge. Um, the, the tackles were terrible this last game. Calvin Anderson had his worst game as a Bronco, I, I would say. Um, and that right side was just, oh my gosh, it was bad. I, I know a lot of people look at the passing chart of Teddy Bridgewater. Part of that is the offensive line was just, that was one of their worst games past blocking. It was a perfect storm as well. Yeah. I mean, you're down 20 points in the first half after only five defensive possessions. That's terrible. I mean, that's efficiency metrics. You know, typically there are three more possessions per game on that half and uh, you're already down 20 or giving up 20. And also the Eagles that would played right in their hand. What did, I don't know if it was a show with you or Luke, but like, what's the one thing that cannot happen in this game? Broncos cannot fall behind early quickly because then you're toast because that's what the Eagles live. I don't want to use a soccer analogy here. And I thought of it uh, this morning after Scott's and I show, so I should have saved it for Scott, but the Eagles, what they want to do defensively is essentially the same as parking the bus defensively we're playing two high shells we're playing off coverage and uh we'll give you the stuff underneath constantly stress it vertically i dare you and mm-hmm. teddy with only it being a one possession game i think with the and the hamstrings of the offensive line made it look uh the spray chart looked bad and it was bad you want him to push sometimes but until yeah. it was a it was a one possession game a lot of the time um so i i get it it looks bad in hindsight and he's got to make some of those throws i mean one for five in the red zone one for 11 on third down that's not good enough period. Not good enough from your quarterback, period. Um, but I do think that there is context to that. That is important as to explaining the why, why it looked the way it did. Yep. So I'll hop off my bar stool or uh, my soapbox okay. here real quick. Uh, <laughs> we'll move on to base case here coming with yeah. the $5 super chat. Really appreciate that yeah. base. Uh, always good to see you in here. Do you think yeah. Peyton looks at Mike Zimmer? If Minnesota lets him go, maybe our next head coach is a lame duck coach with the new owner coming in anyways. I think whatever head coach you bring in, there needs to be some overtures and maybe that's contractually to make sure that they are not seemingly a lame duck head coach, right? Not like a one year one and done type of thing. 
So, uh, and somebody like Mike Zimmer, he has some pull. He's been in the league long enough. He's not just going to take any position. So uh, if Zimmer's let go, I think that's unlikely. I think that Vikings team is one that is due to do for some positive regression, uh, given some of the close games they've lost this season. Um, but, um, if Zimmer is let go that, I mean, that makes all the sense in the world. You know, people roll their eyes because of the old defensive coach. Right. And I, I am as well. I'm holding it back. Um, but uh, I think it does make some sense. Yeah, I, I think you for you're going to see. Yeah, I think you're going to see somebody that's tied to George Payton in some way that he's worked with before. Yeah, that he trusts, and, and that he's worked with a lot of people. So I mean, that doesn't like limit your 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 people that you're looking at. But I'm just saying, I think that's you usually go to what you know. And yeah. so, uh, all right, we got Michaela coming back in again. Thank you, Michaela. Uh, yeah. Can I be the coach? I got Mad Madden playing calling skills. Laugh out loud. Uh, hey, put your name in the hat. You never know. Uh, you know, I, I, I think there's there's times I question a little bit the, the NFL circle of coaches. Like you said, there's a lot of old school guys and the NFL doesn't like to break out into new and innovative things. It takes them a while. And usually the, the person that's willing to be innovative is the person that finds themselves ahead of the curve. And maybe like uh, the Cardinals with uh, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury right now. I don't know. It's just throwing it out yeah. there. And, but uh, uh, thank you so much, Michaela. Yeah. That's I, I vote. I know it's not a democracy, but I'm putting your name in. I'm going to write it in <laughs> Broncos head coach. Uh, Dennis coming in here with $5 here. A lot of folks saying nothing will change. The new ownership is in place. Do you agree with that? What's the latest on that front? I don't think ownership will. I mean, things will change on the surface, but I think there's a lot of empowering and like how the money dynamics play out that won't be settled until new ownership is in place. So things may move on the front end or on the surface, but that's really what's boiling underneath. Um, and as far as when does that happen? I think it's the, it's not going to be settled until this late spring. Yep, I, March. I, I thought it, March, the end of March, which unfortunately March. is after the coaching cycle was uh, yeah. completed. Uh, bad right. timing, really just bad timing, but uh, it is what it is. Right. So here's how it kind of works is new ownership has to be approved by all the other owners. Yeah. And they don't have their owners meeting until sometime in March. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind that that kind of time scale, they can have an emergency meeting, but it's very rare. And they usually only do it for somebody that is already tied to the league somehow. Yeah. So like there is a guy that is a minority owner for Pittsburgh. I've heard some rumors that he's maybe looking to branch off and become a, a majority owner. So there's one that maybe could get approved early. Can he bring Mike Tomlin with him? I'm just asking. That would be amazing. <laughs> You're in. If that's the case, you are yeah. in. Um, thank you for the super chat, Dennis. We appreciate you. Um, hopefully the Broncos get the, the head coach right before the ownership situation uh, is resolved because that means I got it right this time around. Travis coming back in. I coached fourth through sixth graders for three years, and I'm pretty sure those kids had some better fundamentals than our offense inside the red zone. Stupid penalties shooting themselves in the foot. Shake my head. Oh man, this is, this is, this is a re real reaction here. The deep sigh and reflecting on it. I mean, really, and uh, some of it is on a lot of it. I will say is Teddy Bridgewater and people get upset about the checkdowns. It's on third and long and in the red zone where Teddy's lack of arm talent really rears its ugly head. And uh, it's because the windows are so much shorter. I mean, it's simple, you know, geometry, right? The, the space is smaller. And so the windows are going to get smaller because the defense is going to be compressed with the, uh, the the goal line getting closer, the back of the end zone. And you have to have a little bit more arm talent and zip and trust in that arm talent and zip to fit it in those tight window throws. And the Broncos luckily do have a solid run game in the red zone. It's been improving these last few weeks. So that's, they can mm -hmm. lead on that. But um, the one for five in the red zone, not good enough. And like you're talking about the penalties in the red zone, a freaking blocked field goal in the red zone. You're taking points off the board left and right. I dropped up. Uh, you're in the red zone on a fourth down conversion. And then it's taken back the other way. Like time after time, after time, bad fundamentals. I mean, forget about death by inches. It's death by, you know, what is it? 10,000 leagues under the sea. I mean, going on here. So it's not good. It's a uh, very upsetting <laughs> in the shop with Willie saying, please stop making excuses for Teddy. Be better. Teddy's got to be better. Um, yeah. but we're trying to understand why what's happening is happening. Uh, I think that also something that is an important caveat here is that we need to be asking the same question. Um, who is the best quarterback for the Broncos right now? They seem to think it's Teddy Bridgewater. Um, which to me means that Vic Fangio is betting on himself and the defense more than anything because Teddy ball works 
to an extent. If you have, you know, top 10, top five defense where you're not having to play catch up immediately, you know, 10 points yeah. in two drives, you know, oh, sh- bleep, we're done. Um, yeah. It works if the defense is playing well. Does right. not work if your defense is bad and you need the quarterback to drop back 40 times and throw, you know, YOLO balls to create something. That's not, that's not how it's <laughs> yeah. going to work. Yeah. Um, if, if I'm needing 30 points in a game and Teddy Bridgewater is not my quarterback. I, I would I would rather go Drew Drew Locke in that situation because, like I said, he can have some magical moments, and he's had some games that were magical in that way. Uh, yeah. But if you want consistent quarterback play, Teddy is kind of your guy. And and like I said, who who else is walking in here that's going to right the ship? Uh, I know a lot of people want to see Drew Locke, and and that's fine. I mean, I understand, and I'm with you. I don't mind if the Broncos make that decision. Hey, let's just. Try Drew Locke. Let's see if we can give us a spark or something like that. Yeah. Um, but right now, we've talked about it all season. We've never thought the long-term solution at quarterback is on this roster. And they're going to have to figure something out in 2022. Hopefully, they figure out their guy. Because otherwise, it's going to be a long move forward for the Broncos. Because like you said, this division, three great quarterbacks that are not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, maybe the Raiders get stupid and decide, hey, we can do better than Derek Carr. They can't. It'd be I'd tough love them to see them try. <laughs> I, I really would too. I would too. And then I'd love to see him come to the Broncos and then prove them wrong for being really, really stupid. But anyway, that, that's like I said, it, it's just going to be tough. And the Broncos are going to have to make some aggressive moves and hopefully they work out at the quarterback position. All right. We got yeah. Lawrence coming in here uh, with some stars saying if we would have played like this during the Cowboys game right after Vaughn left, would we be calling for Peyton's head? We literally are two games departed from losing our best player. Hey, I don't know if Vaughn is our best player. Um, first off, off the bat, I, he's what 31 years old. Um, he's been pretty good, but not you know consistent game record like he was. Uh, and I think that Dallas Cowboys game is probably in aberration, so to speak. Um, and honestly, after that Cowboys game, it's like, whoa, did we maybe hit the sell button too soon? <laughs> Moving on from Von Miller, given, uh, oh my God, man, speaking of edge position, Malik Reed, buddy. Oh my God, Lane. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna have to have like a Lane Johnson tattooed on him or something after that. That was that was rough. Um, but uh, as far as calling for Peyton's head, I think it makes sense now. You know, he believed this team who they showed to be the first few weeks of the season, uh, first eight games, I guess, and moved on from Vaughn and got a second and third round pick because a speaks to not really loving Teddy or drew lock and uh, giving yourself the actual means to be a buyer in the quarterback market this season. So I don't think, I think it's a good long-term move. Um, it emotionally, it sucks to move on from Von Miller. I will say though, I'm, I was very conflicted yesterday seeing uh, George Kittle uh, spike Von Miller into the ground because I love both those guys a lot. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, I don't think anybody should be calling for Peyton's head because of that move, regardless of whatever the results are on the field. I think that George Kittle play showed exactly who is the best tight end in football. Because remember, Von Miller slamming uh, Kelsey to the ground. Mm-hmm. I think that just proved which one's a better tight end. Just just throwing yeah. that out there. But <laughs> obviously one of them's got to stay a little bit healthier to, to make sure yeah. that he stays the top dog. But uh, yep. all right, Andrew coming back in with some more stars saying the, the, the only hope left is the craziness of the NFL games and officiating this season and maybe beat the chiefs at least like we did Dallas. Oh, it is, man. It's, this is the weirdest year for football. I yeah. mean, you got some games that are just complete blowouts. You got the Jaguars beating the bills nine to six. I, I don't know. That was the game that really, of all the games that I've seen this year, that one, I still Ravens get. Dolphins. Oh, yep. Yeah, that, that's that's another good one. Yeah. I mean, at least Dolphins were a winning team last year. Yeah, they look bad this year, though, man. They look pretty, I, they have, pretty darn bad. They have. Yeah. But, you know, at least there there's something there compared yeah. to Jaguars. Worst team in football. Yeah. Not looking great most of this year. And then they go beat the Bills, who most people yeah. thought was top team in the AFC. So just a bunch of it, mediocrity in the AFC this year, yeah. you know, right. It's who gets hot. Honestly, if you get in the AFC and you make it the playoffs, I say this every year, you know, if you get in, you give yourself a chance. And after there, you know, let the chips fall where they might, you know, a single elimination game. That's never been more true than it is this season in the AFC. I do expect the cream to rise to the crop with great quarterbacks. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, if anybody, a, a, any defensive coordinator, I'm talking to you, Gus Bradley quit with a single high safety against the chiefs. They kill cover three and cover one Two deep shell. What are we doing? Everybody. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is back. No, I mean, yes, but no, it's the, the single high safety. He kills them, kills them. 
Um, anyway, uh, Muhammad Badri coming in. Bron and St. Carl in the house. Love you guys. Love you, Mo. Hope you're doing well. Hope Malik is doing very well too. Love the pick. Always love to see you stop by and uh, see his cute face on the screen there. You're cute. Sure. Your face is cute too, I guess, Muhammad. Whatever. <laughs> um, Travis coming in saying, I don't mean to sound salty. I get we are still in the middle of it and the division. The playoffs are still somewhat reachable, but Teddy pulling a cam is why I say bench him. Other than that, he has been serviceable. Travis, I mean, the Teddy stuff with him not going for the ball upset me, and I appreciate him coming out after the fact saying, you know, I should have done that. But to me, talk is cheap, and uh, he's going to be given a chance to make me forget that on the field. You know, whatever him coming out afterwards, he's going to have to handle, you know, his face to his teammates in that one. And I can't speak for them. I can't speak for him or the coaches or whatever. Sounds like he fell on that sword. Um, But he's going to have to play better on the field for me to make to make me forget about what we saw on Sunday, which was probably one of the most upsetting things I've seen in a while. And I get it. The injuries, you know, he's maybe not thinking in that moment, but like, come on, one possession game. Come on. Yeah. You, you got to go make that play. At least try, ah, at mad. least, at least show some effort. Like you said, yeah, that yeah. that's the, that's probably the biggest part is just the lack of effort. You know, even if yeah. you missed the tackle, at least you tried, you didn't mm-hmm. like move out of the way and be like, Oh, here you go. Go ahead. And uh, so, yeah, that, that is very upsetting. And, and it's why, you know, if they did make the switch to Drew Locke, I, I don't think they would completely lose the locker room on some of that. But I, I don't think they would because I don't think they trust Drew Locke's judgment. And uh, that goes beyond last season's stuff with the sick bug. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. You guys can read between the lines there. <laughs> yeah. Um, there in the shop with going on. Yeah. yeah. In today's game, you're not getting anywhere unless you can put up 30. I said it week one to three. We're a joke of a team currently, and it's embarrassing. Broncos aren't a joke. They're five and five. They're not good, but you know, it's a joke is the lions, you know, going overtime and can't win against a team that the Pittsburgh Steelers tried to lose that game multiple times against Mason Rudolph, who man is, I hear a wet fart noise every time he throws the ball. It's horrible. He's terrible. (laughs) Um, or the Texans, that's a joke of a team. I mean, I get that the expectations are higher in Denver, but this is just a garden variety, mediocre to, you know, like if I was grading them, they'd be a C minus. That's what I'd probably put them at overall. It's not yeah. great, um, but yeah. And and I would say to make it in the NFL, it's actually around 25 points a game is what you need to be averaging on offense. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, usually you're you're right in the thick of things. 30 yeah. points, I mean, those are the top offenses. You're talking top five teams. Yes, they can put up 30 points a game, no problem. Uh, but until you get a great quarterback – it's going to be hard to be consistently scoring those kind of points. I mean, look at all the top teams. They have a great quarterback that can put up lots of points. It just, it changes everything when you have that. And like we keep saying, Broncos don't have it. And it's why we were so upset this off season with the draft. You had some options and they didn't go for it. And then I know, I know, but then Matthew Stafford as well. And I know, I know the trade got, ridiculous there for um for what the lions gave up and ever what well i guess the rams gave up to get matthew stafford but it just kind of shows i mean they realize that's what you need you want to be a super bowl contender you need that guy and so hopefully we can see what george payton does this offseason i think he wanted a year to kind of settle in you don't want to complete i mean it was there's a lot of risk for him year one right off the bat boom let's go get our franchise guy That, that would have been a lot to ask of him um, but if this year he continues down the same path of trading for mediocre quarterbacks or bringing in free agent quarterbacks that have been at best average in their career or mid round pick in the draft, you know, th- those kind of things, I'm going to have some issues with, with what he's doing, but at the same time, maybe he's playing the long game and saying, we want to get ownership figured out before we get the quarterback figured out. And, and which is going to be frustrating because then we got to have patience in the whole situation. And it's, it's hard to be patient when it's a, it's a win now league. We want to, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I just, I'm, I'm scared to death that they're going to go in on quarterback on a cycle where they're like trying to convince themselves to fall in love with a guy, you know, like that, that kind of situation. And then like, Oh, we got to give him four years with the perfect situation. If we're going to understand who he is, I don't give a hoot if it's, you know, three weeks, uh, you should go back in there in the draft again and be looking to add talent at the most important position. Uh, 
and you don't want to you know blow your entire draft load on one single guy in this class either. So it's yeah, it's a tough situation. I get why people are frustrated because the idea of Drew Lock being this toolsy young quarterback, you know, who's got a great smile. You know, he's a good looking kid. I I get it. You know, he looks. That's why I picture a quarterback to look. You know, all American kind of thing. But uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Yep. Uh, we got Paul coming in saying we don't want an O head coach. We don't want O head coach, good OC, good hired away, constant scheme changes. Anyways, enjoy listening to my friends. No effort, Teddy. Um, not sure what you're getting at there at the first bit, Paul. I love you. Thank you for the comment. I think, um, I think he's talking about wouldn't you want an offensive head coach? Because oh. obviously then they're a good OC. You keep the same scheme. So a, co- yes, a quarterback's I, not yes. having to learn a new scheme all the time kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, in a perfect world, yes. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem finding that guy is it, it's unique. There's been a lot of offensive minded guys that have been hired. Think about when the Broncos hired Josh McDaniels. I mean, everybody was pumped up about that of this is the offensive guru of the NFL. And then, I mean, he destroyed this franchise for a couple of years. Yeah. So obviously you don't want to go that kind of direction, but then there's other times where it works out where you get an offensive guy and things start clicking and they, get their quarterback and, and, you know, the rest is history kind of thing. Um, you know, the best coach in football, Bill Belichick, he's a defensive minded guy. Yeah. Now, given he's been very fortunate, he's had, uh, offensive coordinator, like, yeah, he's had Tom Brady and, and Josh McDaniels has been there for a long yeah. time, uh, to be a consistent guy for them. So I, I think if you can get that guy, then you go for it. But yeah. if you don't, you don't force it. You don't sit there and say, we're going to take the lesser guy that we don't think is going to do as good, but he's offensive minded. And, and so I, like I said, Todd Bowles is really at the top of my list of guys that I love that I think can be just what the Broncos need. A player's coach that can really unify people that has a good scheme and yeah. uh, has worked in a, with a lot of different coaches and different types of, of styles has worked with different kind of quarterbacks. You know, th- there's just a lot of things to like about Todd Bowles and he's a defensive guy. So uh, I think there's, there's some options out there and hopefully the Broncos can do well of casting that net net wide and, you know, figure out a guy that could be here long-term and get a little bit of luck, right? Uh, That's a, that's probably the biggest factor. Um, Yeah. But fortune favors the uh, fortune favors the bold, right? Travis coming in saying uh, tired of banded quarterbacks. Uh, it's time to find our answers at the position. I also realize they're hard to find, but other teams in our division have theirs. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's frustrating to see others teams have top 10, 12 quarterbacks. And the Broncos are, you know, the fact that it, while the reality is Teddy's the best quarterback this team has had since 2014, that's that's more about the sample size who you're comparing him against than yeah. it is Teddy Bridgewater. The unfortunate yeah. reality we're at. Um, but you know, you're not going to find the guy if you're too afraid to take a shot also at the same time. At some point, you need to be like, you know what? This is my guy. I believe in him. We're going to take a shot. And uh, hopefully they get it right. Right. Like that's, and we see it too. I mean, all these people who are very smart football people, you know, talking this last off season, you know, like, oh man, uh, Zach Wilson is incredible. Blah, blah, blah. He's looked like the worst quarterback of the bunch so far. Mac Jones, uh, you know, and I was, a, you know, there's reasons not to believe in him uh, totally as a first round pick, but, you know, he's playing great so far. So at some point, you know, you have to understand that there is some level of crapshoot to it as well. And you need to take a shot. Yeah. And, so. and I would say, like I said, you got to be aggressive. I know a lot of people have this kind of mindset of trading tons of draft capital is going to destroy a roster. But like Eagles traded up for Carson Wentz. What happened? They go and win a Super Bowl, even after he gets hurt, even after the guy they traded up for. You can still build a roster even without having those top draft draft picks. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you, you trade for Russell Wilson. Well, he makes up for all those draft picks that, of those players that you would have gotten. He, he more than makes up for it. I mean, the, the odds of that working out. I mean, think about when the Broncos traded Jay Cutler. Does anybody remember the players the Broncos got in that, that situation? No, Sean Moreno. Who Robert did Ayers. help And Robert Ayers. And I think was there, there was that tight end. I can't remember his name. That was a, a complete Robert blocking. Quinn. Robert Quinn. Yes. And th- that's what they got in that trade. And Kyle Orton, I should say. <laughs> hey, now that's, that's the, uh, the pride of uh, Purdue right there. Actually, that'd probably be Drew Brees, but uh, got to love Kyle Orton's neck beard. Good times. Um, but man, I feel like we're stuck in uh, Kyle Orton versus Drew Locke all over, or excuse me, Drew, God, Tim Tebow all over again. 
Um, in the shop with Willie saying we beat four of the worst teams in the league. Dallas was a fluke. I do think that uh, the New York Giants have been playing some better football recently. Um, I would not say they're one of the four worst teams in the league. The Bronco and the Broncos have not played the Houston Texans. The Broncos have not played the Lions yet. Uh, there are some bad teams out. They have not played the Dolphins, who beat the Ravens. Um, so there are plenty of very bad teams out there. The Broncos have beat three of them for sure. We'll be real. Um, yeah. But you would also categorize as the Jags, one of those teams. And like you said, they lost to the bills just, or they beat the bills uh, yeah. nine to six. So you, you got to beat those teams. And this year that I would say there's no guarantees when it comes to wins or losses. For sure. So, at least our guys haven't been shut out yet. Like uh, Russell Wilson did against the Packers this week. I don't know. So it's, you know, ugh, woof. Also, you know, they should sell Russell Wilson. I will give up a conditional seventh round pick to bring him in here. So, uh, Question here. Um, the main topic at hand, uh, since it looks like we're caught up on our supers, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. Here we go again, uh, arguing guys who probably aren't going to be the dude uh, long term, but it's where we are in the moment. What does it take for Vic Fangio to make the decision to pull Teddy Bridgewater outside of injury? Of course, outside of injury, to pull Teddy Bridgewater and play Drew Locke. I think it's George Payton stepping in and saying, this is what's going to happen. Either you start Locke or you're gone. I think that's about the only way it happens right now. Fangio has reached that point. He knows he's in a sinking ship. And he's decided, I'm going to go down the way I want to go down. You know, I always think of Titanic when uh, the band started playing there on the side. And, uh, you know, they, they know, hey, we're not going to make it. Let's just play a song and kind of let's do it. It was a string like. quartet. It was a string quartet. Let's it get was. it right in here. Let's have some okay. respect okay. to the orchestra. No. <laughs> um, but, you yeah. know, that, that's kind of where I'm at with. I think he's made his decision. This is my guy. And yep. I tied myself to him for better, for worse. And it's just where it is. So like I said, I think short of George Payton stepping in saying, this is what you got to do. I, I see Teddy Bridgewater probably finishing out the season. I think if the Broncos go out there and a shout, first shout out to Mr. Stewmeat with the 499 super. Thank you very much, Mr. Stewmeat. Your name always makes me laugh. And uh, we appreciate you stopping by today. Uh, I do agree with you on that. Um, as far as George Payton stepping in, I do you wonder though, if that comes around, this is a team that's probably going to be looking for a head coach in the off season. And do you want to be a general manager looking to fill a head coach of uh, head coaching vacancy when you are coming in and telling the coaches who plays and doesn't now, deciding coaching decisions? Do you want that yeah. reputation um, as a general manager? Is that something that would concern you? I mean, it, it would, I, I think coaches look at that kind of thing. Like I said, I, I think George Payton is such a huge seller of why the Broncos, why somebody would want to come to the Broncos uh, mm -hmm. or selling point, I guess I should say. Yeah. And I, I don't think he would want to ruin that. And like I said, I, I think he really is just going to pro probably say, Hey, you made this decision, Fangio. Hey, I, I'm going to let you. Cause I mean, it, it's actually kind of a nice little thing for, for Payton. Cause he's like, Hey, I let my coach do his thing. And like I said, I, I do think that would, would factor into it. So I think we're kind of at that that impasse where the odds of seeing Locke this year are pretty slim. Yeah, I think that's probably probably possible. I will say that you have the bye week coming up. If the Broncos would have lost that Dallas game, you're sitting there at four and six. Even though that would put you a game and a half out, you'd probably be out out at that point. Five and five, it's still there in front of you. And I know that's a hard sell considering that we're so, you know, week by week as, you know, many fans are. But I think if the Broncos come out and not only lose these next two games, but look bad offensively doing so, uh, then I think that you will see Drew Locke for the final five game stretch of the year. Um, You give him that Detroit Lions game. Talk about a softball coming up where uh, you can really, I mean, what are the Lions doing on defense? It's just, they're just so freaking bad. Um. I appreciate their, the intensity they play with right now. I'm going to bite some kneecaps off with Dan Campbell, but that's just a terrible roster. Uh, yep. So that's a softball. And then you'd have drew not having to come in and play this massively intense energy game. That is this chargers one followed by going on the road at KC. You'd have both of those behind. Um, and then you'd have a road game in Las Vegas, which might be another Denver home game considering how many Denver fans have tickets to that one. Cause Las Vegas is a destination place, yep. right? So even if the Broncos are bad, Broncos fans, they bought the, the tickets, they, the the flights a while ago, the hotel. They're going to go have fun in Vegas. Yep. Same with uh, Los Angeles Chargers. You got the Lions then and uh, some home games as well. So I think that's probably when it makes sense. But you have to see them 
lose. You have to see them lose these next two games. So if you're pulling for Drew Locke, more so than pulling for the Broncos, or you think that getting to Drew Locke is the best thing for the Broncos long-term, I guess you should probably pull for the Broncos to lose the next two games. There that's just go. where I, that's where I see it. All right. Well, we got Trevor Travis coming in here saying agree, Carl. That's right. More or yeah. less. I don't see, I don't want to see Teddy injured, but Locke will not see the mm-hmm. field at all. We probably would see Rippon before Locke. Um, I, I'll just tell you this. There are some things behind the scenes that have just really made a huge divide between Locke and the coaching staff. And whether he's earned that or not, that's up for other people to decide. Uh, but th- there are reasons. There, there's some struggles there. Yeah. Uh, yep. That's tough to say, but we'll see. I mean, again, if you can get Drew Locke in here in the final five games of the year of the season, you're sitting there at five and seven, uh, you should be able to get at least a decent sample size against a variety of teams that are different. Um, ones that aren't also amazing defensive line teams. So that should help Drew Locke because he was terrible last year uh, under pressure, worse in the league last year under pressure. So that should help him a bit. Um, but uh, that should at least give you a sample size going into next year. Maybe that's enough to get a day three pick back for him. If you're looking to sh- trade him off, if a new coaching staff doesn't want him, maybe that's enough where you're like, okay, uh, <laughs> God, everyone to cover your ears here if it's going to upset you. But, you know, Drew Locke versus Andy Dalton versus first round rookie draft pick. You know, good luck. Uh, three dogs, one bone kind of thing. You know, let's go, go take it. Um, not what anybody wants. That's the, if you have that many guys, then you probably don't have any. But I think that's a that's a, a possibility. So, um, again, Broncos five and five. Announcing Teddy, I think it's more so betting that Fangio thinks he can get the defense corrected um, over these last few games because, Broncos efficiency wise, they were right in it, despite the defense giving up more points per possession than the worst team in the NFL this season in this Eagles game. Um, so I think he bets that he can get better with the defense. And uh, with that, the offense should be good enough to win the type of football game that Vic Fangio envisions them winning this year. But the formula so far, it's been crap. It's just it's it doesn't work if your defense is bottom 10 DVOA. You, you yep. can't. You can't rely on Teddy to play hero ball, dropping back with two backup tackles and throwing it beyond the sticks because that's not who he is. So guess what happens? You look bad and you lose. Yep. You lose bad. (sighs) I think they said the Broncos have had, what is it? More home double digit losses, like double digit point losses in the Fangio era than like the last 15 years combined. I think there's been like seven games where they've lost by 10 or more points kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been bad. And I've said earlier this year, part of Fangio's problem is his ego. The man thinks he knows more about football than anyone else. And he's going to do things his way. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's just downright terrible. And it just keeps digging your grave further and further down. But uh, all right, we got Inky coming in here saying, why didn't Peyton trade Drew knowing Vic wasn't going to play him? Backup quarterbacks are a premium. Well, you just said it right there. Backup quarterbacks are a premium. And what you would get in a trade, probably not worth as much as what he is just value-wise keeping on the roster, just in case an injury does happen. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but um, that's probably the reality. Unless Drew Lock comes out and says, you know, trade me or else kind of thing. Um, this is he's worth more on the team as a potential lottery ticket with uh, athleticism and tools, and hoping that it clicks for him versus what would you get for him a seventh-round pick, a sixth-round pick kind of thing. Uh, right now. So it's unfortunate. This one made me laugh. Uh, DBA. Oh no, we are the bears. Um, you know what? If it walks like a duck, <laughs> it's like, oh, God, man, it's frustrating. Um, man. Uh, well, Carl, let's talk a little bit, uh, positives here before we get on out of here. Um, this team, any, did you get any positives out of this Eagles Broncos game? Uh, since this is your first time getting a chance to talk about it, putting you on the spot here. I know there were positives in this game. Yeah. I mean, you still love, Javante Williams is doing a great thing, still making big plays for the Broncos. So you feel good about the running game moving forward for the Broncos. Uh, And and it was still a positive game for the running game other than the fumble. Really, they were still moving the ball well. They just fell behind early and had to abandon the run a lot quicker than they ever wanted to, of course. So, I mean, that kind of stinks. It, It was good to see Noah Fant, I thought, showed better. I think that week off actually kind of helped him a little bit. He made a few plays for the Broncos. 
and looked a little bit faster. I think maybe I do think he has been dealing with an injury this year. And I think it's probably going to come out at the end of the year. Hey, he did this. He tweaked this in his knee or something like that. And a lot of people are going to go, oh, yeah, okay, I can see that. And I know also he's got some off the field things that are going on with family. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't think you fully give up on him. I know a lot of people are like, trade Fant, get him out of here. Okwebenam is the better tight end. I don't think you're quite at that point, especially new coaching staff. Maybe they find a better way to use him, maybe get more out of the guy. And, and like I said, just a, just a bad year for him all around. But I think, like I said, I think he had one of his better games, in my opinion. I know he didn't put up huge stats, but just a few things I saw of what he was doing to get open. And I, I definitely liked, and I thought he did a little bit better as a blocker and the opportunities mm-hmm. that he was yeah. given compared to games before. So that was nice to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, Draymond Jones was getting into the backfield, made a few plays for the Broncos. Still looks like he could be a real star in the making for him on defense. Um, beyond that, not a Patrick whole lot. Sertan. Patrick Sertan was maybe not even supposed to be out there because of the injury. I thought he played admirably. Devonta yeah. Smith had him on one, but he had perfect coverage um, on that one. So I think Patrick Sertan continues to show out. He's the best uh, cornerback this team has far and away. Um, I would say also Ju- uh, Justin Simmons, another pick, another game, another pick. He's been really good the last five, six games, being like the corner uh, safety that this team wants him to be. And uh, I really think that the interior offensive line specifically is starting to gel. It's starting to come together, um, which I am. I was very tough on them at the beginning of the season. I was especially tough on Dalton Reisner, but I think he has been, uh, he might've played his best two games of the season. The last two weeks, I really, yeah. he's been playing so much better. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry. It seems like something may have clicked for him as well. I don't think he's going to be amazing, but he's not like this absolute sieve that is killing and sinking your entire offensive line. I think he's actually been playing a little bit better. And then Quinn Miners. Uh, up and down to the pass games, uh, the pass reps, his run blocking though, is like, it really is. It can help define a unit and what this team wants to be going forward. I would love to see them saying, look, look, we got this guy. We got this guy. They're absolutely blasting open holes in the run game. Why don't we buy into that? And why don't that be, you know, having an identity, why don't we be a smart, tough, uh, football team that's pushing the trenches? Um, and you could build on that with minors. So I've really, uh, have been impressed with the interior offensive line specifically, specifically these last few weeks. Um, Cameron Fleming, not a great game, uh, for the tackle position, but like, I can't, is there a single team out there that when you get to your fourth offensive tackle, you're going to be looking good. No, many teams can't even field two tackles. Yeah. Let alone you get down to your fourth. So I, I was going to say the Broncos over the last like three years have had one. Okay. Bulls was good last year, but they haven't had a good right tackle for a long time. And Bulls Ryan was Harris a great was good. Ryan Harris. Okay. That was the last good tackle the Broncos have had that position. Um, And then, you know, like I said, Garrett Bowles until last year wasn't looking that great. So the Broncos have had trouble fielding one. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I I was excited from what I saw in the Cowboys game because I mean, Calvin Anderson played a great game, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was, it was really impressive and Fleming didn't completely, Looked terrible. And then both of them just got destroyed in this game. It was, it was tough to watch. And again, this comes back to the point where this Broncos team, both sides of the ball, I feel like play like they are the complement to the other side of the ball, right? Like the Broncos offense is not explosive or dynamic enough, especially in the past game. We know that with Teddy Bridgewater, he's just not that dynamic of a quarterback uh, where um, you can't be that great on offense every single every single game. The defense with the off coverage, with the lack of pressure, um, with the way they play, the bend out break is also very complimentary. And we saw it with the Eagles, right? Like it can take the air out of a ball quickly because it's really hard to get explosive plays when everything is in front of you every single play and you're playing two high shells. Neither of those sides of the ball are forcing opposing teams to really have to adjust. Right. And I think that's a big issue. And we saw it in that Cowboys game where the defense actually was who we thought they would be this season. And the offense looked fantastic because they were able to go forward. They were able to lean on the ground game. There was way more rushing attempts to be had because you're controlling the game. That's not going to be the case every time, but they just have not been able to to get to that zone um, this season. And it's tank the whole thing. And when it doesn't work on when your defense is not dictating, you're giving up points immediately out of the bat. I think they are. They have to have given up some of the most points in the first half of any team in football this season. They've been so yeah. bad in the first half, um, especially in their losses. 
which goes directly into the, what they want to do offensively as well. And who Teddy is, is as a quarterback, you know, right. he's not, he's not the franchise answer. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's definitely not an elite quarterback, but uh, with the pieces around him, with the offensive line, with the run game, it can win football games. It's just the formula is way off right now yeah. because not getting it done on both sides. For sure. All right. Well, we got Andrew coming <laughs> here saying great, great show. Love y'all. We need a Nick, Carl and Scott show. Hashtag that triple huddle. I like that name. That triple. Huddle. I, uh, I like it a lot too. I see Scott laughing in the background. I'm not sure about, not sure about that. Scott's a, I have the power to just like click him in at any second. So I'm not going to do that to him. <laughs> <laughs> Put your clothes on Scott. Uh, Pookie, in my opinion, has earned running back one and would like to see him get rewarded when he has been the workhorse and let him score some touchdowns. Yeah, I bet you. I hope Alberto Koibanam gave him a nice apology uh, after that one. Was it the chop block that took Pookie's touchdown off the board? Uh, and then block in the back, I think. There's a block in the back. Okay. Yeah. Um, woof. God, <laughs> so rough. Um, did the Broncos end up? Was that the same drive where they ended up having the field goal blocked? Then I think so. Jesus H. I'm sorry to say the name in vain, Carl. You for, please forgive me, but oh my god, this is what this talk about death by inches, right? You want to have? I was listening to. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the, the Texas interview where they asked um, Starkeesan, is that his name? Uh, the new head coach of Texas. There was some really uncomfortable question where a guy was asking him this really terrible, just like, shut up, dude. Terrible question. Um, and it made me, I had to then go back to Bill Belichick's all-time highlights of his press conferences. And one that really stuck with me is like, oh, what team do you want to be? He's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What do you mean what team do you want to be? We want to be a winning football team that's tough and smart. So I don't even know how to answer your question. And then it's really that simple, right? It really is that simple. The players we have dictate what your identity is, but if you're a good, smart, tough football team, you can win football games. And right now this team is not tough. They're not smart. And they're definitely not a winning football team. So all that together, here we are. Yep. Yep. But like I said, there are diamonds in the rough, like Pookie, who is playing great football and looking like a star in the making. Uh, One of the few running backs that you can sit there and say really does well to create beyond what the play is there. Um, You know, like we've talked about it before on this show, most running backs, they depend on great offensive line to be productive. Mm -hmm. Devontae Williams is one of those few players that the offensive line can fail and he can still turn it into a positive play. Now he'd be much better if the offensive line was better. Mm -hmm. And, And I hope they can fix that and work on some things and maybe find a road grader of a right tackle. Can you imagine miners in a road grader at that right tackle spot and just say, Pookie, you're going to run behind them. Let's go Good see. I do- <laughs> oh. <laughs> Talking about Scott in the background with no shirt. Yeah. Oh, but man, uh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But uh, all right, we got Mark coming in saying great show. Really appreciate that. And like I said, I know guys, this is a tough time. We want a winning for we're, we're used to a winning franchise. Yeah. It's been, <laughs> Unfortunately, we got a little spoiled. Yeah. The Broncos hadn't had two losing seasons in a row for like since the seventies until yeah. this stretch here that we've had for the Broncos. And so it is, it's tough to watch and, you know, just to see them make some of the same mistakes over and over again is tough to see them do. They're not learning yeah. from their mistakes. And uh, so hopefully, like I said, I, I do like George Payton. I think he's done a lot of good things. And I think he can do some good things moving forward for coaching staff. I'm still interested to see what he does at the quarterback position because Minnesota never really completely figured it out. I mean, Kirk Cousins is good. I think he gets, I think he gets a bad rep at times because of some of the crazy things he does. And the the team always isn't always successful, Yeah, but he's a great showing of quarterback play. Doesn't always mean a team is successful. You know, he could be a top 10 quarterback and the team still look bad. Kind of like Deshaun Watson last year. He played like a top five quarterback. Well, the, the Texans were terrible. Yeah. And uh, so it just shows you got to have a little bit more. I mean, quarterback makes the biggest difference. You still need more than that. Yep. Absolutely. Travis coming in saying, great show, fellas. Hoping Wisconsin gets beat again. Amen to that. Although they have a 17-year-old running back who's an absolute unit. Um, so we'll, we'll see about that. I think Wisconsin's going to earn the right to get spanked by Ohio state in the big 10 championship, but we'll see Mark coming in again with stars. Thank you so much, Mark with yeah. the mic drop there. Um, appreciate that. We got Bill Ray Valentine, man. What a name, Ooh. uh, man, that's talk about getting hot in here. Fangio is the equivalent to a pot of cold hot dog water. You know, I don't, <laughs> don't yuck my yums, Billy. That might be good to somebody out there. I, <laughs> ugh. I, uh, did you ever read the jungle, Carl? The what? The jungle. 
classic book, the American literature. Okay. Well, I did not. Don't, don't, if you like hot dogs, don't ever read the jungle. That'll, that'll ruin it for you. Okay. Um, but ugh. trading places, Billy Ray Valentine. Ah, that's where the name comes from. It's trading places, classic Christmas, Christmas flick. Um, and I want to get to this one here from Donald real quick uh, saying, so do you two believe that the other 52 will be willing to forgive our team leader, our quarterback for quitting on them? Do you also believe that they'll have faith moving forward with Teddy won't quit again? Um, if there was an issue with that going on, I think you would find out pretty quickly um, next, whenever the Broncos play the chargers, um, because there will be, if they were you know really pissed about it, there might be something where somebody comes through or there would be something coming out there. Um, from my understanding, Teddy went through and had to talk with each. He did talk with each positional group individually with them and uh he's putting in the work after making a mistake um again i'm not gonna forgive him until uh he plays better right if he's gonna play um the last thing he put on tape was not unforgivable but very hard to forgive for me so uh he's gonna have to play better and win some football games before i'm thinking about that um but as far as the other 52 i think that if there was issues there we would know about it and uh, it would be probably obvious on the field as well yeah um Travis coming in. Do you think Tyler Goodson will make it in the NFL? Uh, he's a quick running back. I feel like the NFL is going away from the very small, faster running backs and leaning more towards the six foot two, 230 pound guys, because what they can do to dictate um, box numbers and get you to rotate from too high to single high. We're seeing it with the Patriots right now with uh, Stevenson, Rahandre Stevenson from Oklahoma. Name is escaping me right now. Um, that said, the Kyle Shanahan wide zone stretch is going to be in vogue for a while. And uh, Tyler Goodson will find himself on a team there like that and have a role for a bit. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, a, that, that's the league right now, in my opinion, what they're doing to the running backs. Yeah. It's always fun to look back at all the different trends that have happened in the NFL and like which teams were at the top of it, which teams were at the back end of it. Um, mm -hmm. And just kind of see how those franchises did. And like I said, just go from, you know, recently it had been all those speed backs. Everybody wanted speed. Everybody wanted to, to have the big playability. And, yep. and now, like I said, they're getting to some of the bigger bruiser guys, you know, Hey, you want to, we, we can spread you out. And if you want to spread out, we'll just run it straight up the middle. You want to yep. stack the box. We'll go over the top. And it just, it, it is, it's kind of neat to see how that's going, but yeah, uh, it's really, got um, we always talk about pressure with four, right? That's another one being able to stop the run with six. That's another one that I think we need to talk a little bit more about. Um, just, just going forward, because be able to stop the run with six and to be able to keep the two safeties deep. Um, that's how you beat Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, really, that is, that's, there mm -hmm. it is. Travis coming in again, Travis. Thank you so much. Lori was in here earlier. You guys have to say hi after this in that, uh, in our little group there. Uh, great show tonight, guys. Enjoy all the podcasts. I'm off tomorrow and Thursday, hoping to catch Broncos for breakfast. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow for Fal uh, the Falcons show. And we'll see you Thursday for Broncos for breakfast. Have a good night, Broncos country. Thank you, Nick and Carl. Thank you, Travis. Yeah, for sure. You've been a, a star all night and really appreciate it. Great questions all night from everybody. And, uh, and I thank you guys. I, I know, like I said, it's been a tough time and, but your guys' questions have been very relevant and on point and, and not just completely, Hey, we got to throw everything away. And, um, so that, that's, that's good to see. And it just, uh, I was a little nervous going into the show. I'll, I'll be honest, just because it is, we're all emotional about this and it, it's not always an easy time when we see our team, especially just look like they get, quit at times. Get embarrassed. Yep get embarrassed and we feel that embarrassment, right? Like we take a yeah. lot of pride, a lot of time, and I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody how to fan unless you're telling other people how to fan. That's the only way how to be a bad fan is to be a gatekeeper. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, maybe don't at those guys on Twitter too, right? They're dealing with enough right now. But other than that, you know, you can be a fan <laughs> however you want. Um, yeah. I do appreciate the chat when it's respectful. And guess what? We all want the same thing. We want this Broncos team to return back to relevance. Even if we think we have better roots than other people to get there. Uh, we do want the same thing. and. Uh, I think that's an important to find, you know, find that commonality <laughs> when we, when we go forward and to know that this is a nice distraction from every day. And the moment it stops becoming enjoyable is the question that maybe you need to ask what you're doing with your time. And I'm still having a heck of a lot of fun with Carl and all you guys and Scott in the background win, lose. I mean, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I, I, I love football. I love this team and uh, we'll keep looking uh, whatever direction we can. For, for sure. that quarterback, right? For the, got to find yeah. the darn quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we'll, we'll continue that conversation until we find one yep. and uh, we'll let you guys know what our thoughts are as we, as the season progresses, of course. And, you know, yep. we'll talk about the draft coming up and relatively soon. We still, the season's not lost. Like you said, five and five, half a game back in the division. All is not lost. 
Amen. Maybe maybe this two weeks off, some guys go do some soul searching. Hopefully, don't go to they Vegas. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but you know maybe that that's what happens, and some guys come back and say, "Hey, let's let's write this ship. We're right in this. We'll see what happens." But yep. uh, in the shop with Willie saying, "Love you, fellas, Nick. You're just wrong." <laughs> Ought to be used to it by now. Uh, always appreciate the comments in the shop uh, with Willie. Uh, always keep us on our, t- our toes for sure, especially Nick. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes I think that him and Eric are uh, brothers or something, you know, evil, evil <laughs> twins of each other, because uh, that was an Eric comment of ever saw one. Also, shout out to Willie. Uh, he said he's dealing with the uh, sick little bug right now. So I uh, hope you feel better, better, Willie. That's that's no fun. And we're thinking about you guys. Um, smash that like button for the shows. But we're going to get on out of here. Just wanted to highlight Clayton because he's always super supportive of us. Thanks for joining us, Clayton. Um, make sure you guys are following Carl and myself on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler, MHH. And I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BTB Football Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are on Facebook, make sure you're joining us, if you haven't already, at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter. Also at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. And to all our podcast people listening after the fact or everything like that, uh, please make sure you leave a comment in the iTunes section. Uh, That would be awesome. I see there's a lot of comments about Chad and Zach in there. And if you guys know me at all, it needs to be about me. Right. I'm a classic narcissist over here. So I need to see some Nick Kendall, Carl Dummler, Scott Kennedy in the iTunes comments as well. Um, just, so that way, you know, we have a little bit to boast our chest uh, at with uh, Zach and Chad. So appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Um, enjoy the bye week. We're going to be keep coming at you live here. Um, be kind. Also, I, was, I think we need to push more, a little more kindness and uh, have a great night. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.